Um, hey, open your Bibles to the book of Luke chapter 5. This morning is not going to be a normal Sunday morning experience, okay? Uh, what's going to happen is I'm going to open the Word of God for a few minutes, and then we're going to hear from all the different elders, and you're going to kind of hear God's plan for us during this transition time. If, if you're here for the first time, we're so glad you're here, but, but you're here on our first Sunday without our, our senior pastor. He's, God has led him to a different church, a different calling, and you know, it's never a happy situation when you have to say goodbye to somebody. But we understand that God is in this, amen? And he's working, and he gives, and he takes away, he gives and he takes away. But I love that song that we sang, my heart will choose to say, Lord, blessed be your name. And that's us. That's where we're at right here. And so if you're here this morning, you're joining us and saying, God, blessed be your name. And we're going to praise God. We're going to just enjoy what he's doing. Now, what is happening, a lot of you are asking me, hey, hey Ben, what's going on? What's happening? What's next? And it, why are you growing a beard? <laughs> and I just wanted to get it out there. The truth is, the beard is because I put on a little extra weight, and I'm trying to steal focus. I would like the focus to be up here instead of right here. That's why the beard, okay? I'm not trying to look extra wise. I had no idea I would have this much gray in my beard. I tell people it's one gray hair for every day we spent in India. But God is working, and I'm excited. The Lord has put me in a position where I'm going to be a temporary preaching pastor here for the next, who knows, couple months maybe. Uh, and, that, and that doesn't mean that I'll be in the pulpit every single week, but it just means that God has put me in a role as an elder here where I'm going to help make sure we have powerful preaching of the Word of God in the pulpit every Sunday. Because that's one of the, the, the fundamental truths of who we are at Crosspoint. We want to preach the Word. We want to preach the truth. And so that's what we're going to do, okay? Now, I li listen, I understand I've got a lot of ways that I need to grow. Amen? <laughs> My wife is somewhere in there saying amen. I've got a lot of ways in which I need to grow. I tend to seem a lot more confident than I actually am and come across a lot more, you know, confident than I, than I tend to be. But the bottom line is God wants to do some, some things in me. And is it possible that God wants to do some things in you? So can we as a church, can we just say, let's, can we grow together? Can we just have an honest, open conversation these next few weeks and just say, hey, you know what? Maybe this is a way I need to grow. Can we grow together? That's what we want to do this morning. So look in Luke chapter 5. I love this passage. And I'm going to read verses 1 to 11. So try to follow along. If you've got your Bible, read along with me because this is a Pretty awesome story, and it's powerful, and it doesn't just apply to our situation here at Crosspoint. It applies to your life, and I believe God has a reason for you to hear this right now. All right, so let's read this together. Luke 5, verse 1. One day, Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. 
you might have that word Gennesaret, which is just the Greek word for Galilee. So he was preaching on the Sea of Galilee, and great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. And so he sat in the boat and he taught the crowds from there. That's innovative teaching right there, right? That's making use of your resources right there. Okay, so there's Jesus. He's sitting in the boat. He's on the water talking to the people on the shore. Nod your head if you're following along. Yes, I'm with you. Okay, very good. That was a lot of you guys. That's great. Now, verse 4. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now, go out where it is deeper and let down your nets, and you will catch many fish. Have you heard this story before? Yeah, I have too. And you'll catch many fish. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all last night, and we didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, we'll try again. And this time, their nets were so full, they began to tear. And they shout for help, or they signal their, their, their friends, and, and they brought their partners in to, from the other boat. And soon, both boats were filled with fish and were on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus. And he said, oh Lord, please leave me. I'm too much of a sinner to be around you. For he was awestruck by the size of their catch, as were the others with him. His partners were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, and they were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. As soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. All right, did you, did you visualize that as you read it? Did you imagine the situation? Here's Jesus, and he's preaching, and, and people are pressing in. There's so many people that want to hear what he says that he says, okay, well, why don't I just get in this boat, and hey, Simon, would you paddle us out a little bit, and I will continue to teach. And he, he does that, and he's teaching Simon. I would imagine the friends Zebedee and his sons, the partners, the fishing partners, they were there listening. And then there's the masses, the, the many, many people that were listening to Jesus. And he teaches them. We don't know exactly what he says or for how long that he spoke. But Jesus teaches. And then when he's finished, he turns to Simon. And he says, okay, now paddle out a little further and throw in your nets. And Simon, he says to Jesus, he looks Jesus in the face and he says, Master, we were doing this all night, okay? We were just throwing in our nets every little place in this whole area. We've scoured, we've fished, there's no fish. And what's more, we, we just finished washing our nets. So when we put them back in the water, we're going to have to do all of that work all over again. And I'm tired. And that's not really in the passage. I'm, I'm, 
I'm paraphrasing here. I'm saying that's probably what's behind what he's saying. And I don't know what transpired, but there's a comma, and then he finishes. And I like to imagine that Jesus was just sitting there looking at him in the boat as he's making excuses. And Jesus doesn't even say a word. And as Simon's talking, all of a sudden he realizes there's something about this person. And so he says, nevertheless, for you, I'll I'll do it one more time. He decides to trust him. He decides to be inconvenienced. And he, he puts in the nets. And all of a sudden, there's just way too many fish. Way too many fish. And so they call the, the neighboring, uh, their partnering um, fishermen, and they come and they help too. And the nets were beginning to tear and rip. And Simon says to Jesus, get away from me. I'm not worthy. I am a sinful person. I'm not worthy. And Jesus said, don't be afraid. From now on, you're going to catch people. And when they got to the shore, they left everything and followed Jesus. That's the story we just read. Now we're going to Answer, you know, if you've got your little bulletin, your worship folder, open that up. If you've got a pen or a pencil, you're going to have to follow along because we're going to race through these, okay? We're going to race through these because we've got a lot to cover this morning. But this is a powerful story, and there's a few insights that I believe God wants us to reflect on this morning. Number one is in verses one through three. We see that Jesus is working on multiple levels, Write that in. He's working on multiple levels. You see, he's doing something in the crowd. He's addressing the crowd. He's meeting the needs of the crowd. There's also the partners, you know, Zebedee and his sons, the fishermen that are there. They're watching all of this as well. And then there's Simon. And God is working and doing something in Simon's life. And so you see multiple levels And God is doing all of these things. Now listen, we tend to get really self-focused as humans, don't we? We tend to think, what is God doing in my life? What is God doing in our church? But from these verses, we could truly see that God is doing something so much bigger. What's going on in your life? is not just for you. It's for those around you. It's for coworkers, family members, the people in your sphere of influence, maybe even people you're not even aware that you're influencing. That's why God's allowing what he's allowing in your life. And how about us as a church? It might be that you're like me and and you kind of struggled and wrestled with with Pastor Bud and Julie moving on to a different place, and it's, it, it hurts, and you're sad, and you're bummed. And you tend to think, God, what are you doing in our church? Well, I'm, a, I'm asking you, what if it's bigger than just our church? What if there are non-believers that are watching Crosspoint right now? 
What if there are family members that are watching how we respond as a church? What if God is somehow going to bless and teach other churches because of how we go through this? God is working in multiple levels. Now let's look at the next thing, uh, verses four and five. Jesus' opportunities often look like inconveniences. Go ahead and write that in. Jesus' opportunities often look like inconveniences. In fact, honestly, I cannot think of an instance where Jesus has allowed an opportunity in my life that it didn't at first look like, oh man, are you serious? That's what he does. I don't know how long you've been a follower of Christ. You might be here this morning and you don't know much about this Jesus thing. You're not even sure you're on board or if you believe. And that's fine, you belong here, you're welcome here. But for those of us who've been following Jesus for quite a long time, he specializes in getting us out of our comfort zone, amen? Because God Almighty, he knows that we grow best when we're not comfortable, right? For those of us that need to lose a few pounds, how are we gonna do that? It's not gonna be comfortable. We don't drift towards a healthy place, right? If you just coast, you're not gonna just coast into being in phenomenal shape, right? It takes, it takes work, it takes being uncomfortable, it takes you know, eating less and exercising more, it takes all those different things, and it's the same spiritually. God wants to take you somewhere out of your comfort zone. And some of you are looking at me like, I don't want that. None of us want that. But following Jesus out of our comfort zone is the way, the path of true blessing. It's the path of true life. You know, my wife and I, we often reflect on India. I, I guess I always talk about India, and I'm sorry about that. But honestly, that was such an upheaval for us. And the years we spent in Bihar were some of the worst and the best years of our life. We could not have been further away from our comfort zone, 8,000 miles out of our comfort zone. But in that time, God broke us. When we sing that song, never once did we ever walk alone. I just cannot hold back the tears because there were times we felt so alone. But the truth is he was with us, he was faithful, and he was doing the work in us that he could only do when we were outside of the comfort zone. Oh, and by the way, Muslims who had never heard about Jesus were hearing about Jesus. Multiple levels, it all comes back. Okay, number three. When you say yes to Jesus, things fall into place. When you say yes to Jesus, things fall into place. That's in verses six and seven. So here's Peter, and he allows himself to be inconvenienced by Jesus, and he says, okay, I will do it your way. I know I just washed the nets. I will get them dirty again. I know I just tried this, and it failed, and I'll, I'll, I'll try again. I think for us, this really applies in a powerful way as a church. Some of you are key 
leaders in our church, maybe not on a formal basis, but in an informal way. Some of you were on the pastoral search team. And one thing I've heard a few times in the last few weeks is, oh man, we just went through so much. It was so hard to get Pastor Bud and Julie here and to find them. They went through so many resumes. They went through so many searches. And they went through so much time and effort. And here to to do it all again? I I would imagine that's how Peter felt in, in, in some degree. I just worked all night. I tried so hard, and we don't know how long it had been since he'd caught any fish, but we do know, even in this, to this day, in the Eastern world, many of the people that are fishermen and farmers, they live day to day. One bad storm, and they're wiped out. One bad season, one bad harvest, and they're in big trouble. In India, there was many times where a a horrible storm would come through and ruin the harvest, and we'd hear about different farmers that had committed suicide because they had nothing left, and they didn't want to face the shame. That's the reality. And so here's Jesus saying, do it one more time. And here we are at Cross Point where God has called us to do this one more time. And so what are, what are we going to do as a church? <laughs> Amen. Well, we'll do it one more time. And we'll trust because when you say yes to Jesus, things fall into place. Amen? You guys are allowed to talk. This is a conversation. This is not the library. Okay? When you say yes to Jesus, things fall into place. Now, it's not always in your time frame. It's not. But when you say yes to Jesus, things fall into place. You know, I, I, I've got a good friend, and, and right now, I was just talking to him a couple weeks ago, because in India, what, what the situation is with my partners over in India that are, that are sharing Jesus with, with Muslim families, we've got five families who've said yes to Jesus, and they've began to follow Jesus. But the idea of getting baptized terrifies them. Because in their culture, in their context, and I want to ask you, if it had meant for you to follow Jesus that you were going to have to lose your job, maybe lose your home, maybe lose everything you have to identify yourself as a human, would you have gotten baptized? I'll tell you this, it would have been much more difficult for you to do it, right? So here's these baby Christians, and they know that Jesus' command is to repent and be baptized and receive the Holy Spirit. That's, that's the New Testament. That's what happens when we follow Jesus. But that baptism thing is very difficult for five of these families that we're working with. And so I talked to my friend who's been with this. He, he, he's been at this for years. He's literally been a part of hundreds and hundreds of Muslims being baptized in Jesus' name. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And you know what he told me? He said it took from from the time that they started bringing it up with their first believers to the time that they started baptizing their first believers, it took over a year of just praying and waiting and praying and waiting. And then he said, I have no explanation 
But all of a sudden, it was just a flood of courage. All of a sudden, they were no longer afraid. All of a sudden, it was like a light had switched. And these, these Muslim families, these, these, these dear people, started being baptized in the river right in front of everybody with no fear. And that led to many, many more and many, many more. When you say yes to Jesus, things fall into place. And it, it, I don't know God's timing when he's going to bring the next person. I don't. But I do know that when you say yes to Jesus, things fall into place. One of my dear friends says this, when I am resting, God is working. When I am resting, God is working. All right, we're going to land this plane here. Now, number four, Jesus' promise is still the same. From now on, you will catch people. Cross point. We are a church that's committed to making disciples who make disciples. The Great Commission has not changed. That is our heartbeat. That's our desire. We want to see people come to Jesus because we've encountered this love. We want everyone else to encounter this love. So Jesus' promise is still the same, that you will catch people. And I love that this is a promise that he says right here. It's not, it's not the same language as we see in another passage where Jesus says, Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. This is saying from now on, what you just did here, you're going to do with people. What you just did here, in that you obeyed me, you allowed yourself to be inconvenienced by me, and you responded, and you put down the nets, and you brought in far more than you could imagine, now that's going to happen with people. I believe that's what God is doing here. When we say yes to Jesus, when we allow ourselves to be inconvenienced and we throw in the nets one more time, we're going to catch people. We're going to see people come to Christ. We're going to see people baptized here in this church and because of this church all around the world. That's what God wants to do here. You know, one thing that's really important that we need to understand is the reason that people will come to cross point is not because of whoever's on the stage. The reason people will come to cross point is because of God working in you. The best part of cross point is the Spirit of God in you. God wants to do something powerful through you. You are what makes this an amazing place to worship God an amazing community. It's not whoever's on the stage. The best thing about Crosspoint is the people. All right, so here's what we're going to do. Here's what's next, okay? And this is going to be really quick. What's next for us as a church? Number one, we're going to pray. Write that down. We're going to pray. In a few minutes, we'll introduce our advisory team. And what that means is, is we've got four elders, and we're all on staff. And so the way the, the, the constitution of our church is outlined is we need lay leaders in our church to help make sure that everything is above reproach as a church. If I'm calling all the shots and I'm giving myself a raise and all of these different things, that's going to look really weird, right? Can I get an amen? We're not going to do that. We're not going to allow that. 
We've got an advisory team we're about to introduce to you, and these people will be helping us make all the decisions. And, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to pray, prayerfully move forward. As an advisory team, we're going to pray. We're going to pray, and then we're going to pray. As a church, we're going to pray. We're going to get together all the time to pray and seek the Lord. One of the things we're going to pray about starting immediately is forming a search team. And we're going to form this as an advisory team. We're going to pray through each and every person that we invite to be a part of this team. And this search team is going to help us with the advisory team and the elders to determine, okay, what's the job description? Who are we looking for? What sort of person are we looking for? And based on that, we'll move forward. It's going to take some time. We're not talking about weeks. We're talking about probably months, but we don't know. But we do know when you say yes to Jesus, things fall into place. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to pray. That's the first thing. Next thing we're going to do is we're going to communicate and be transparent. Okay? Write that down. We're going to communicate. We're going to communicate. We're going to be transparent. As an elder advisory team, we're going to be approachable. Starting at tonight's family focus meeting, we're going to be right in here. We're going to talk. We're going to hear questions. Um, We're going to be approachable. You can speak to any of us. You can email any of us. And we want to be just transparent and have a communication with you guys all the time. Another part of that is we're going to have weekly updates every Sunday to share also, uh, not just where we're at on the search, but to share what God is doing in our church. Did you know God is doing a lot of amazing things? Did you know that? He's doing phenomenal things. Our life groups, we've got six wonderful life groups going on right now. And last week, we had such a beautiful time in, in Nicole and I's life group. We had just a few people show up. But it was one of those moments where we were learning so much from God's word It was so powerful and so sweet that we went way over time, and we just couldn't stop, you know? And we had some brownies there. They were pretty delicious. But God is working. Lives are being transformed. Marriages are being healed. And you'll hear more about that as we go on. We're going to communicate things like that. We're going to communicate things about missions. Did you know that Pastor Ton has a ministry, this Mian ministry right up here? Did you know that? And it's a powerful, wonderful ministry to the Mian families in Shasta County. But did you know that through the internet, thousands of people who speak the Mian language are coming to Christ and being discipled because of Pastor Ton and his ministry just a couple buildings that way? Did you know that? We're going to tell you these stories. We're going to communicate. Okay, last couple things. We are going to be in the Word. We're going to get into God's Word together. We're going to really preach God's Word and preach the truth because we believe that is the signature of Cross Point Community Church. That's something that we're going to do. Next thing is we're going to have fun as a family. Is that okay to have fun? Yeah? Is that all right? We're going to laugh. We're going to joke. You know, John Salmon's around. You can't be around that guy without laughing. For various reasons. 
Some of them are intentional on his part. But, but we're going to laugh. We're going to have fun. I think one of the cool things that has happened with, with Pastor Bud moving on is now, maybe for the first time in the history of this church, the, the position of leadership has been decentralized. And we are going to lead as a team through prayer and through trusting. We're going to do church as a team. And we're going to do this as a family. That's, that's one of the cool things that God is doing. All right, and then we're going to follow the Lord's leading. Who, what, where, when, how. We're going to simply just follow the Lord. Is that okay? Yeah? All right, here's what we're asking for you. Number one, look for the good. Say that with me. Look for the good. If you're looking for the good or if you're looking for the bad, you're going to find it. And what I mean by that is, if you assume the worst about me, or about somebody else, or something in the church, you'll probably form your own conclusion. What we're asking you is to give grace, to allow for mistakes, because honestly, we're, we're doing our very best to move forward with transparency and communication. But we need, we need us as a church to think the best about somebody else, to be faithful and to be loyal, to not be quick to badmouth somebody, but to be quick to investigate and ask that person to their face, okay, what really happened? What did they say? Let's not, let's not get crazy with gossip and backbiting. Let's think the best about people, okay? And we'll move forward as a family, all right? So, so we want you to look for the good. The second thing we're asking you to do is to jump in. Everybody say that with me. Jump in. In moments like these, people tend to just kind of be tentative and they maybe take a couple steps back. What we're looking for is people who want to jump in. People who want to just bless the body of believers here. People like Awana. Did you know every Wednesday we have faithful servants of Jesus who love and disciple kids through Awana? Did you know that? Jump into Awana. Be a difference maker at Awana. Um, there's all kinds of different things that you can jump into. Life groups. Youth ministry. Kids ministry. Upward. You know, if you've got arms and legs that work, show up at the gym Saturdays at 6 p.m. and help us you know, clean up the, the gym after a day of hundreds of people coming to our gym. You have no, you don't need an invitation. You can come and just help us sweep floors. Jump in. You know what's going to happen? Is as we do this, as we go through this together as a team, the people that jump in are going to be galvanized. Did you know that? We're going to be stronger than ever. Now the last thing is pray. We want you to pray we're asking you to pray. All right. With that, I'd like to invite Chuck to come on up. And uh, he's going to share with you some of what God is doing in his life and through him and what his role will be. All right. Thank you, brother. Uh, I'll just talk from right here. Um, I want to preach right now, but I'm not going to. So, um, 
only got two hands. First Peter chapter 5, verses 1 through 4, talks about what an elder is. And just before I tell you a little bit about myself, what God is doing in me here, I want to read those passages to you. So this has to do with part of the ministry God has for me here as an elder. Uh, part of my task is counseling and teaching. And I like to think of counseling as helping uh, those who need help and change, helping those who need help and change. And that's me. I need change. I need help. But I love to share what Christ is doing, what he says in his word, and that's part of my ministry. I, I meet with... Uh, depending on the week, five to seven different men at various times to counsel, and uh, they encourage me as much as I encourage them. And there's various reasons uh, we meet together, but it's, it's been a wonderful ministry. I also, as you know, or some of you know, I am the bookkeeper here, and uh, so I have my pulse on what God is doing with the finances and the other things. So I am an administrator which includes part of that, um, a little bit more. And I also love to teach. So those are three of the things I do. So here's 1 Peter 5, 1 through 4. Therefore I exhort the elders among you as your fellow elder, this is Peter writing, and witness of the sufferings of Christ and a partaker also of the glory that is to be revealed, shepherd the flock of God among you. So there as an elder, it's part of my job. We elders are to shepherd exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but voluntarily according to the will of God, not for sordid gain, but with eagerness. So it talks about some things I'm not to be, you know, greediness or uh, lording it over you. Uh, that's, you know, all you hear is mandates instead of true shepherding means coming alongside. And uh, I am to be the man and the example as much as I exhort you to be that man or woman of God. So that's part of my ministry. Uh, skip to verse 4. And when the chief shepherd appears, oh, wow, okay. So I'm not the chief shepherd. Just a reminder, Chuck. I am a co, a really an under-shepherd, an under-rower. The Greek term is... Somebody who is a servant leader. And uh, so I look forward to serving you and uh, leading you. And tonight we're going to have a conversation about the budget. And it will be a conversation that's informational. Those, I apologize for it being in the evening. We're, trying, we're struggling with when to meet. And uh, so the logistics are sometimes are tough. We want everybody who... Uh, is here and has ownership in this body to be part of that. And we want to have a true conversation about what God is doing and you to be part of that. Because we trust each of you that know Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit within you. That means God is doing something in you right now, today, this week. I'd like to know what God is doing in you so that I pay attention to his still small voice that's speaking. And uh, I would, you know, please... So that is uh, the other idea that my brother Ben shared about communicating. Uh, we're going to work really hard at that. 
So that's my part, and if you have any questions afterward, you feel free to come to me. At this point, I think John is going to share. I know you guys know John, but he's going to give you a little more detail about You guys don't know me at all. All right, where do I sit? I right here, is this okay? Is this appropriate? No? All right, okay. <laughs> Moving around. Hey, how, could, how come I don't get slides when I speak? I don't understand that. Worship is cool. Something like that, I don't know. This guy's trying too hard. Okay, <laughs> we'll move on. All right. Anyways, I'm the, I'm the worship and youth elder, and uh, I'm just so excited for... Uh, what's to come with worship. We're actually going to open up worship practice on Thursday nights, and anyone who wants to come and worship with us, you can. So it'll be our practice, but you'll also be able to come and just worship with us because I think the more you guys come and and we just start the spirit of of worship in our community, the better. If you you see me at practice, I'm I'm singing the same way I am um, when I'm up here because it's worship. Just the, the words are still true. The, the music still moves me um, to, to worship God. Uh, so that'll be Thursday nights. It'll be in the bulletin moving forward. If you just want to come and join us and sing, um, it was really fun. This last practice, I told our team, I was like, bring anything that you can, anything creative that makes noise. So they, they came and, and Dave brought a horn of some sort. I don't know what animal that horn was from, but it was really scary. So, but uh, he played that. We had harmonicas, clarinets, and just like it was so much fun just to to use different instruments, and um, it was it was a great time. Um, I'm also still I'm still doing the youth. I'm uh, a lot of people ask that question: Are you still in youth ministry? And I. Yes, I'm, I would never uh, leave youth ministry. I've, I'm so excited for that. Um, our midweeks have been growing. We have, we have junior hires that are just so passionate about, about coming to get together as a community and then going out and sharing it with, with people at their school. Yeah, you guys know we've got a couple of our, of our youth here that, that just love just the community that we've built. Bef- a, you know, a while ago when I first got here, it was just so, what's in it for me? But now it's becoming, what can I do for others? What does God have for my life? And uh, they just come and, and it's, it's, like, it's like coming home. It's so great. And I do want to bring up um, on ways to get involved. If you, if you want to get involved, there are so many different areas. But someone, some people who have done it really well are Emily uh, Thompson and Carol Farrow, every single week our kids have something to eat. That's a big thing. I always want our kids to come and have something to eat and feel cared for that way. And they do such a great job in making sure that, that we have delicious food to enjoy, and it really adds to our atmosphere. Um, one, one win from youth ministry I've, I had um, a couple weeks ago, I was speaking with probably my worst student. And if you've... If you've uh, worked in youth ministry, you know the worst student, right? He's, he's always moving around. He's, he's talking when he shouldn't be. But the, the really annoying thing about the student is that he hears every single word that you say. And he knows every single thing. And he knows how to apply it. And, but he's so smart that he annoys me. He, know, he annoys everyone else. Um, 
But he's got, a, he's got a heart of gold. He's got a heart for God. And, and sometimes I'll forget that. But just a couple of weeks ago, he came up to me and he said, um, and he comes from a really rough background. He, he, but he says, you know, I, I go to my friends at school and, and I find out if they're, if they're not a Christian, I tell them to come to, to junior high night and learn more about Jesus. And if they do know Jesus, I tell them to come so that they can grow to know him more. And that's just, that's just what we're all about. That's, that's what I've said over and over and over again. And this kid that I thought wasn't listening at all, he got it. And I love it. And um, I'm also involved with Upward. And I want to echo, if you, wanna, if you want to hang out with annoying kids. <laughs> just kidding. Kids, no, I'm just kidding, sorry. Kids that that love basketball, people that are, that are all about just giving these kids an hour of fun on a Saturday, um, please jump in. We have, we have lots of places uh, to help. So that's, those are the ministries I'm, I'm helping with, I'm leading right now. Uh, thank you guys so much for, for listening to me. Um, and Jim is coming up. He's running up. It's better than Les Schwab. I love it. <laughs> all right, you're hired. All right, let's get it over with. <laughs> Real quick, Chaplain Jim, I have two or many facets of church I get to help in. One is the facility of your whole grounds. I oversee all that and have a, a fun time doing that. And I have some good guys like Rob and, uh, if you don't know, saying too much. But, and then I have a lot of great volunteers that come on these grounds you don't see that help us take care of that. That's a blessing. And uh, it's been a challenge. We're challenged every day with things, but God allows that, and we fix it somehow with Band-Aids or whatever needs at the best prices we can. The other thing I get to do is care for, for the flock. Uh, as a chaplain, one of my things when I first came here is that uh, I love people. I like to just pray over them, care for them, love on them, and that's what I get to do for you as a church here. And uh, not only hospital visits, people in trouble or just any situation, you can always come, and I'd love to pray with you and just care for you. And my wins are a couple things, uh, two things. About midway last year, I got to start working with the deacons. Pastor Bud said, hey, Jim, take over the deacons. I said, oh, okay. What does that mean? So anyway, I got to start meeting with them. And you still actually, guys, have great deacons in this church. They're... Um, what they do in the church has changed a little bit, so I just want to share a couple things about them. And also, just so you know, too, we um, started to train and teach some men and, and women to become chaplains under my direction and certify them, and uh, that's been something that's been great, too. But your deacons still go out and help the widows, widowers at their homes if they need firewood or if they need something around, uh, and we hear about it, we send them out. Also, one thing this year we started, and you've been helping in the back with that, is, is a food closet. I just want to report on that food closet. That's been a blessing to me. What you don't know, maybe, is as we start to communicate better, you're going to find out more about all this. But our deacons and ch uh, chaplains got together, and we were able to send out four full Thanksgiving meals to families not only in the church, but Liberty School, and some of those that we found that are just hurting in your neighborhood that needed a Thanksgiving full meal that they could cook as a family. 
So we gathered up money together, didn't come out of the church funds or anything. We all pitched in, and we were able to bless four families this year on a Thanksgiving meal. That's what Thanksgiving's really about, finding somebody in need and finding it and getting out to them and try to say, here, bless you. And then also our chaplains this year, as we started to go, we only served one family, but we had another family, a young lady and two children, and uh, they weren't going to have a Christmas. And so I challenged the chaplains and said, hey, guys, we need to help these people. And and so we came together, pitched in money again ourselves, and we were able to get them some presents and a ham full dinner. And that was a blessing to them. We got to go over to their house and, and give it to them, and what a blessing that is. That's what true serving is. That's where I care. That's what we like to do. And um, just to highlight a couple things on that, the cl- food closet, I wanted to let you know. Um, also, we've been able to put out 28 bags of groceries in about a half a year to not only church people, sometimes you get in a spot where you need some help too. Let us know. Don't be afraid to do that. We have a nice food closet. We'd love to bring you something. If you need something, let us know. But also out in your community, I get homeless guys here now and then and and people like that, or I get a call and somebody needs food, I'll drive it to their house. So your deacons are putting that food closet together, and that's an exciting thing, 28 people. Lord, we give this all to you. Lord, this is your church. This is your party. You invited us. Our job is to to let you lead. Our job is to follow, to obey. So God, I pray for wisdom for each of us, Lord, as as we make decisions, as we begin forming a search team, as we begin searching, Lord, for who who do you have for us next, Lord. But More than anything, we want you to be the forefront. We want you to be glorified. And so we pray that you do this in Jesus' name. Amen.